Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike, final segment of the week. I'm going to miss you guys over the weekend. We'll get back together on Monday, though. You know, I do a Facebook Live. I've been doing it for a few weeks now. It's a fun way to hang out with you in the morning and also to rehearse some of the segments we will deliver here during this program. It's a good way for you and I to go back and forth. You know how the comments work there on Facebook. It's a real smooth way, a fine way for us to go back and forth and share some ideas. And I'd be, I'd be honored if you would join me. I'll do another one on Monday. At 10 a.m., we'll walk through some of the topics that we prepare for each day. And you can find me in two places. They're on the KSL News Radio Facebook page, but also my own. It's relatively new, as is this show, and so I would invite you to go check that out. Lee Lonsberry on Facebook. The icon there has the live mic logo in the corner. If you would click like on there, and maybe even share it with a friend or two, I would be very grateful. What that does is it lets me share with even more folks the the preparations we put into each day's program. All the stories we've covered today, uh, including some historic documents. One of them, a proclamation from John F. Kennedy in 1963 declaring May 15th of that year and every year afterwards to be Peace Officers Memorial Day. That document, the one I read you this morning, I'll post up on Facebook in just a moment. There was also a letter sent by the FTC to doTERRA regarding some uh, alleged false claims about the effectiveness of certain doTERRA products in combating the coronavirus. That letter will be up on Facebook. (laughs) We talked later in the program about that five-year-old, you know, the one who stole the family car, went on a little joyride, all of it because he wanted to buy a Lamborghini and his mom said no. (laughs) Well, TMZ, TMZ tracked the kid down. When he and his family went out to California to visit, that video is up on my Facebook page. And this one will be up there as well. This story here comes out of Washington, D.C. Actually, it comes from all across the country. It's the Electoral College. You understand how the Electoral College works? States, parties select folks to travel to the nominating convention uh, for nominees. And then later on, uh, there are uh, electorates who participate and then uh, ultimately have the authority to uh, select the president. And sometimes, twice in recent memory, an electoral college victory will determine the president and not the popular vote. Which to the uninitiated feels funny. It feels crazy that there would be that there would be a a disparity there, that the Electoral College would come to a different conclusion 
than the majority of individual Americans. Does that make sense? Popular versus electoral college. Well, there are those who would like to challenge and who are in the midst of challenging the very nature of the electoral college, specifically when it comes to this category of individual called the faithless electors. Let me read to you uh, a summary of what's happening right now in the Supreme Court. Let me remind you, of course, the Supreme Court remains in session. You know, they're doing doing so mostly through uh, video chat and conference and such like that, but they're pulling it off. They're getting it together. There are arguments being presented to the justices. There are deliberations. The work of the Supreme Court does go on. And right now they're trying to figure out what will be the future of the Electoral College. On Wednesday morning, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a pair of challenges. Challenges to the constitutionality of so-called faithless elector laws. Those are state laws that would penalize or remove a presidential elector. That is a participant in the Electoral College. Would penalize or remove an elector, uh, a presidential elector who does not vote for the candidate he has pledged to support. There are a handful of electors who come from Washington and Colorado arguing that the founding fathers didn't want electors who were part of the electoral college that meets to formally elect the president after voters cast their ballot simply to rubber stamp the popular vote. The argument being made before the Supreme Court right now is that those who participate in the electoral college ought to be independent actors and not directly beholden to the popular vote of their respective states. Instead, the electors argue the Constitution gives them the right to make their own decisions. Now, the states say they have the right to both uh, appoint and control their electors, allowing the electors to function as free agents, they contend, could lead to chaos in presidential elections. And there were a few hours of debate on Wednesday, the justices seemed to regard, and this, this analysis I'm sharing with you now comes from Amy Howe, uh, who is a, a writer for SCOTUS blog. Uh, it, it was her estimation that after two hours of debate, the justices seemed to regard the issue as a close one, but it appeared that concerns about the possibility of such chaos could tip the balance in favor of the states. Let's hear from one of the attorneys representing uh, at Colorado. This is the Colorado Attorney General uh, who is arguing this case before the Supreme Court. If this law is upended and electors are then acting as free agents, then people lose the will of voting for who they want. Here we have Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Lessig. He represents the electors. He told the court that the founders believed that states can require electors to make a pledge, but that pledge is not enforceable by the states. Justice Sam Alito questioned whether there could be a long period of uncertainty and chaos if it was unknown who the electors were going to vote for. That getting back to the, the chaos argument. Those who disagree with your argument say that it would lead to chaos, uh, that where the popular vote is close and changing just a few votes would alter the outcome or throw it into the House of Representatives, there would be the rational response of the losing political party would be to launch a massive campaign to try to influence electors. And there would be a long period of uncertainty about who the next president was going to be. Do you deny that that is 
good possibility if your argument prevails? We deny it's a good possibility. We don't deny it's a possibility. So there's not a good possibility, at least it is asserted by the attorney general of the, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, the, the Harvard law professor representing the electors. He does concede that there is a possibility of chaos, but not a good possibility. Last clip from the arguments I want to play for you comes from Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. was asked what would happen, or rather she asked, what would happen if they ruled in favor of the electors against the states? How would a ruling against you actually alter our democratic processes? Your Honor, the chaos that could result could occasion a constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis. That's a scary word. It means a lot of things. You hear? I'll, I'll tell you what. I went through a phase last year when I was watching The West Wing. I, I didn't watch it when it when it aired live. Well, when it in its original airing. I'm not sure they aired that one live. It may have been recorded. Uh, I I went through and I watched the whole. I binge watched it over the course of a weekend. I got through a few seasons, and I'll tell you what. Every other episode was a constitutional crisis. That's a good way to add drama. And so you wonder, you wonder in in this case, in this argument, playing out before the Supreme Court, if calling on or referencing a constitutional crisis is uh, done just in an effort to to insert a little bit of drama. I do not, me, Lee Lonsberry, I do not pretend to be a constitutional scholar, nor do I pretend to be a scholar of uh, election law. The Electoral College is an interesting and complicated thing, which has served us successfully for generations. Should we change it? Do you understand the nature of this argument? Do you agree with it? Disagree with it? Which side do you take? I'd like to know. 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. You can share with me your thoughts there, or you can reach me on Facebook, Lee Lonsberry. You'll see the live mic logo up in the corner. If, if you go there now, you'll see a picture of my pretty little baby, Piper. She and I took a walk yesterday. Uh, we walked in front of the KSL broadcast house as well as the beautiful Devereaux Mansion. The picture's pretty nice. I, I use that 3D feature. Log on there, have a look at the picture, and let me know what you think about this Supreme Court debate. It's fascinating. It could change the course of history. It could change the course of your history and my history. And we'll see how it shakes out once the decision is handed down by the justices. That's going to do it for today's episode of Live Mike. It's been a fun week. It's been a fast week, and we have learned a lot. Let me refresh the countdown because you and I, when we wake up tomorrow, will be, for the most part, here in the state of Utah in nine hours. Nine hours and one minute from right now, it's yellow. The risk level uh, will be lowered to yellow. That's because of your discipline, your hard work, your belief in the good advice that has been handed down from folks like Angela Dunn. Let's keep it up and we'll make it to green. And you and I will return to some semblance of normalcy and we'll do it together. I can't wait for that day. I hope you can't as well. That's it for me. Next up, it's Maria Shaleos filling in for Jeff Kaplan on KSL News Radio.